Hi, I'm Cheryl Joyce Norman, author of Pushed by Pain into Purpose. I wrote Pushed by Pain into Purpose after realizing that God had purpose in my pain. Now, I'm here to share my journey with you to discover the purpose in your pain and change your perspective of it. Hello, welcome back to the this edition of episode of Pushed by Pain into Purpose. I'm the author, Cheryl Joyce Norman, and I am so glad you joined me today. Let's get into why we're here. Uh, we're going to start with the book today. I'm going to take a little look in and uh, see what and where we're going with this. In the preface, I stated that I believe that God wants me to tell my story. And it's always been impressed upon in my spirit that I did not go through what I went through for nothing. But before putting pen to paper, I had to heal. It was necessary for me to receive that revelation of the purpose of the pain I endured and that I realized that I was no longer a victim but an overcomer. The pain of my past no longer shapes my life, my thinking, or my emotions because now I see the reason for it. It was provoking and pushing me into purpose. It was not there to destroy my life, but to better my life and push me right into the arms of Jesus. It happened. I endured it. I grew from it. I was strengthened by it. And then it passed. Now my story can bring healing to hurting people, which is my purpose and I hope in some way it will help you just as my sharing it with you has brought me healing and wholeness for me the pain left when purpose showed up so I encourage you as we go through this episode to just be still and know that when pain comes it has a purpose its purpose is to move you from one place to another, to a new level, to increase your knowledge about God, and, and increase your relationship with God, to give you a new experience and encounter in His presence. So don't sulk about it. Don't be bitter. Don't stop believing or give up. That's the trick of the enemy. The word of God says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's John 10 and 10, if you want to look it up. 
But God wants to use what the enemy meant for evil and make it work for your good. So know that God desires to get all the glory from it, through it, and because of it. It has only come to push you into your purpose. Have you ever read a story in the Bible and you can identify with the characters in it? There are several characters that come to mind as I reflect over my life. You know, the Bible will read you. It'll also give you guidance and instruction as you navigate this road called life. It can bring healing to the hurting, guidance to the lost, love to the loveless, provide joy and sorrow, and hope for the hopeless. In my darkest moments, God has spoken to me through the Bible, through dreams, through the preached word, even through the words of a song that I might have heard. It has kept me and comforted me. He has introduced himself to me with a different attribute at every juncture and event in my life. And this has helped me to recognize him as everything I need when I need it in him. I know he planned it that way. As Jeremiah 29 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And as I mentioned above, there are characters and stories in the Bible I can relate to. One of the characters, along with his story, that comes to mind is Joseph. So let us start with exploring the life of Joseph and see what his life has to tell us about pushing through the pain to the purpose. So as we go into Genesis, we're going to be in um, Genesis chapter 37. And let's just start with the first first couple of verses. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. And when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. So we're looking at um, this family dynamic. Joseph was born to his father, Jacob, who was later called Israel, in his old age 
because the wife that he loved was barren. He loved Rachel, uh, and he was tricked by his father-in-law into marrying her older sister. Her name was Leah. And uh, after working for seven years to get Rachel, because he didn't come with a dowry, so he set up an agreement with uh, Laban, who was her father, to work for seven years as, as a dowry for her. But on the, the day or the night that they were supposed to get married, you know, Laban pulled a switch on him and gave him Leah instead. Now, the Bible describes Leah as she wasn't as fair as Rachel, and the Bible called her tender-eyed. So, basically, that means, you know, she was kind of a little cockeyed. And uh, <laughs> that's not who uh, Jacob wanted. And so, uh, we see that um, Leah was kind of shoved on Jacob. And it wasn't his choice, so he had to go back to his father-in-law. I was like, look, why you, why you do that to me? I just worked seven years to get the, the, your daughter that I really, really, really loved, and you're going to pull a switch on me like that? And so Laban was like, well, you know, you can work another seven years, you know, uh, for uh, Rachel. And he was like, well, and I'm going to give you, I'll give you Rachel. But just go on and finish out the week with Leah. Finish out the week, but you're going to still work seven more years for her. And he loved her so much that he, he did that. So he ended up with Leah for a week and then... He was given Rachel. And so, uh, but Rachel, like I say, was barren. And Leah started having these children. She gave him about four sons. And she was really thinking that that was going to change his mind. You know, some people back in the day thought, you know, well, I can trap him and trip him up if I get pregnant for him. But, um. It really didn't get his heart. He still was in love with Rachel. And so she had all these four boys for her, for him, and then um, Rachel, and she would taunt Rachel and um, make her feel bad because she wasn't giving him any children. And so she decided to give her handmaiden, you know, and that, you know, kind of started with Abraham and Sarah. You remember that story, how Sarah gave her handmaiden Hagar to Abraham because she was barren, and they got ahead of God, trying to do their own thing. We have to be mindful that when God gives us a promise, he don't need our help. He can bring it to pass when the time that he says, it's going to come a path because he has a purpose in the timing 
So, so now he has three wives. And so when Leah decided that she saw that she wasn't having any more children, she gave Jacob her handmaiden also. So now there's four women in this house. Uh, and Rachel still hadn't had a child. But then finally um, God blessed her and she had Joseph. And uh, Jacob was so excited. And because this child was born to him in his old age, he loved Joseph. And he probably doted on Joseph. And a lot of times when you hear this story, you hear, oh, this was such a dysfunctional family because Jacob was just blatantly showing how much he loved Joseph and the brothers didn't like that. So they hated him. But as we look at this, we can see that this was all in the plan of God. So Rachel got pregnant again, but she died in childbirth. So when this chapter does start, let's take a look at what Joseph was going through. Because when you look at the fact that there were four women, four wives, but Rachel had died, so that means Joseph was motherless. So he had to grow up. Grow up. I don't know exactly how old he was when she died in childbirth giving um, birth to his brother Benjamin. But here he is in chapter 37 at 17, and he hasn't had a mother. So what if we just look at this as Jacob overcompensating to Joseph because he was motherless? So he showed him all this love because he was the firstborn of his beloved wife, Rachel. And the other women in the house, they wasn't going to take care of Joseph. They weren't going to live because there was already dissension. They was already envying each other and feuding with each other and bargaining about who was going to. So they weren't worried about Joseph. Jacob loved Joseph. And everybody knew he loved Joseph. And so it says his brothers hated him. And they couldn't say a kind word about him. They didn't have anything good to say about him. Has that ever happened to you? People ain't got nothing good to say about you. And Joseph was, <clears throat> we find that Joseph was a dreamer. And he made the mistake of telling his brothers what he had dreamed about. And when he told his brothers they hated him all the more. And he told them what the dream was. And it was like, wait a minute. You're trying to tell us we're going to be bound down to you. 
you, who, you, you know, we older than you. Who, who are you? You know, um, you, you, do you intend to reign over us? You think you're going to actually rule over us? <laughs> you, this kid, you. And uh, he even told his father about one of the dreams he had. His father rebuked him and told him, you know, what, what is this you dreaming? That, that even me and your mother going to be bowing down to you? And your brothers? Oh, well, okay. Don't tell that dream to nobody else. <laughs> you know, keep that one to yourself. Because all that did was made his brothers more jealous of him. But it says his father kept this matter in mind. And he just kind of pondered it, put it in the back of his mind. Because he knew that that probably could come to pass. It's just like when the angel came to Mary and told Mary that she was going to be the mother of Jesus, God's son. And it says that she just kind of pondered those things in her mind. So now we see him at 17. And he had this coat that his father had given him that showed how much he loved him. And that made the brothers just that much more hatred of him. And so... The father, Jacob, had sent Joseph out to his brothers um, to check up on them and see how they're doing, maybe break, take them some lunch or whatever. And when they saw him coming, they said, hmm, there he goes, that dreamer. What is your enemies saying about you? When, what do people say about you when they see you coming? Sometimes your enemy can prophesy because they see what God is doing in your life. Now, they're taking it as, you know, being critical or, you know, making fun of you. But they're really speaking the truth. So they was like, here comes this dreamer. And they plotted to kill him. Now, how hard is that, that... Your brothers are plotting to kill you because they're so envious and jealous of you. But if you kill them, what are you going to tell dad? How are you going to get that one over on him? What are you going to tell him? But all they know is how much they hated him. And they they like, we'll figure that out later. But what they did, they ended up throwing him in a cistern a well. And they threw him in, they stripped him of his coat and threw him in this well. And he's probably crying out to them, brothers, what's what's up? What's the deal? What did I do to you? Why y'all throwing me in here? What are you what are you doing? I don't understand. They went and ate lunch. Have people just take um, you for granted. Um, they're not concerned about your welfare or how you're feeling. They just know I don't like you. I don't. I don't 
want to see you succeed. But, um, Reuben, who was the oldest brother, was going to go back and, and get him out the cistern and take him back to his daddy um, because he didn't want his blood on his hands. But God got Reuben out the way because he still had a plan and a purpose for Joseph. So it says that it looks they looked up and they saw um, some Ishmaelites coming that was on their way to Egypt to uh, trade, do some trading. You remember Ishmael, that mistake that Abraham and Sarah made, their mess up. That just goes to show you that even when we mess up, God can still use it. And he still get the glory out of it. So these Ishmaelites came, and this was Joseph's transportation to Egypt. We said that God already had a purpose. So he had to put in place that Joseph didn't have a mother. He grew up, grew up with his father loving on him and showing him all of this affection to make up for the mother not being there. And the brothers hating him because God wanted Joseph in Egypt. And he had put all the players in place and all the cast of characters. He had given them their assignment and their roles, and they were playing out their part. So the brothers took him out the cistern and sold him to the Ishmaelites. But they sold him on sale. They discounted him. They didn't even get full price for Joseph. The going price for a slave was 30 pieces of silver. They didn't get but 20. They just wanted to get rid of him. But that was his transportation to Egypt. How else was he going to get to Egypt? How else was he going to air? How, how else would he have found his way to Egypt? So God provided the transportation for him. And they took him to Egypt. He probably was crying. It's like, how could y'all do this to me? How could y'all sell me? Has, has anybody, I mean, have you ever been sold on, on sale? Have you been discounted? Anybody told you you wasn't worth the ground that you walk on? You ain't worth a quarter. I don't hear that much these days. I used to hear it a lot. But I don't hear that much any, these days. But people still discount you. They don't take you, they don't think that you're valuable. They don't want to hear anything that you have to say because it's not that important. But we see God still 
doing what God did. And Joseph probably didn't even know what was going on. He was kind of unwilling and unknowing about where God was taking him. And a lot of times, we're like that. Just like I said on one podcast, that just like he told Jeremiah, before you were formed, I knew you. And just like I just read, I already have plans for you. I already had plans for you. I didn't have to ask your permission. I was already writing your story. And you, the people that I put in place, the characters that are around you, played their part, did what they had to do, because I had a destination for you to get to. And it all works out. But just like with Jeremiah, he says, he was telling Jeremiah, before I knew you, before you were formed, I knew you, and I set you apart, and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And Jeremiah, at least he asked, he talked to Jeremiah, and Jeremiah was like, I don't, I don't know how to speak. I'm too young. I don't he's making excuses. But the Lord said, do not say I am too young. What he said, do, he said, you just, you must go to everyone I send you and say what I command you. Go where I send you. Say what I tell you. And don't look at their faces. Don't worry about what people say. Don't worry about how you look. A lot of times we won't do what God wants us to do because we don't want to look different. We don't want to look, we don't want to be ashamed. We don't want to of people talking about us. But are you more concerned about what people say than what God says? Because in the end, it's going to, God's will is going to be done regardless. Well, he ended up in, Joseph ended up in Egypt. And I bet they didn't sell him on sale. But they sold him to Potiphar. And then he ended up in Potiphar's house, training ground, preparation. He was in Egypt now. He had to learn the language. He had to learn the culture. He couldn't just walk into Egypt and be somebody. He had to come into Egypt as a slave so that he could learn what he needed to learn, meet who he needed to meet, to be in position 
for what he needed to do. But God was with him. He had his hand on him. And Joseph was prospering in everything that he did. The brothers took Joseph, stripped him of his coat, and they tore it to shreds, and they dipped it in blood to take it back to their father as evidence that he was dead. They really didn't even have to say anything because when they showed him the coat, is this your, is this your son's coat? And then he just jumped to the conclusion, oh, a wild animal killed him, and he started mourning. Can you imagine if they had went back, or what would they have told him if they had killed him? But God wasn't going to allow that anyway, because that wasn't his purpose. Like I said, God had a plan. Joseph Okay, so we're going to, this is going to be to be continued. And we're going to take up next time we meet on looking at how God is fulfilling Joseph's purpose for being here. So until next time.